Welcome to On Olive Oil, hosted by Curtis Cord, the publisher of Olive Oil Times, featuring 30-minute discussions with people throughout the world, sharing their unique perspectives on the ever-changing olive oil landscape. Today's guest is best-in-class award-winning producer, Lucia Gomez. When you drive around uh, areas where there is a lot of olive farming, all you see is a lot of trees, which is beautiful. But if you pay attention, you look closely into the ground, the earth is dead, is dry, is empty. There is no life in there. If there is no life, insects, birds, animals cannot live in there. So they all, they all go. Now, from New York City, here's Curtis Cord. In the heart of the olive oil world, Andalusia, Spain, eight families decided not long ago to convert their groves to organic farming and joined together to form the group La Olivia. They are strong advocates of environmental protection and a common dream, sharing their treasured oil with the rest of the world. Dehesa de la Sabina, a medium-intensity Piqual monovarietal, won the coveted Best in Class Award at this year's New York International Olive Oil Competition a few weeks ago. Now, the members of La Olivia have begun experimenting with biodynamic farming techniques, and the group is working with local schools to raise awareness of sustainable and responsible farming with children. One gets the sense that La Olivia is doing just about everything to produce a sustainable, healthy, and delicious world-class product. Lucia Gomez is the daughter of one of the producers, and Lucia has taken on the task of developing the presence of the brand in the U.S. market. She joins us today from a small town by the name of Quesada in Cazorla, Andalusia. Lucia, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, and you? I'm very well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here talking to you. First, let's talk about these families who comprise this group, La Olivia. What are the farms like? All eight farmers are from the same area. They have inherited their groves from their parents and their grandparents. So they have olive trees are between 30 to 500 years old. And while their parents were working the land, they all uh, wanted to learn different, different, uh, different things. So my father, for example, studied tourism in the university, then went to work in the hotel industry. But after a while, then um, as everybody in the area inherits the land and uh, takes over from there. So that was pretty much the situation for all eight farmers. They inherited the land and they needed to find the way to work it. When they all met, um, they all had issues with the olive trees, the olive groves of uh, different types, but essentially they, they, they felt they had to take uh, care of these very old trees, very valuable trees, some of them up to 500 years old, and they seemed to be dying. And all eight were having that issue. They were looking for solutions, and they all went towards uh, trying organic farming. It was the big unknown. They didn't know what else to do. They had invited technicians to their olive groves, and uh, they've tried everything they had been advised. So the one thing that they had not, not tried yet 
was organic farming. So to do that, they enrolled first in studying, in, 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 in some studies uh, for organic farming, how to do that, the farming, organic farming techniques. Um, and so that's how they all met doing this course. So these eight farms, how big of an area are we talking about? They're about 20 acres, he- hectares. La Olivilla produce, is, is a very small producer. And how much oil will you produce this year? We produce, for the Isla de la Sabina, uh, this year, 20,000 liters. And what does it mean, Dehesa de la Sabina? One of our main groves has a juniper tree right in the middle of the grove. Uh, Juniper is called Sabina in Spain. Uh, So we refer to the grove as the grove of the juniper tree. And that's Mm. essentially what it means. So they started with organic farming, and then what happened? Uh, so when they uh, when they all met after they finished the organic uh, farming studies, they had the idea of uh, joining forces and producing olive oil together. Uh, the next question is, what was going to be their uh, their method? How are they going to enter the market? Obviously, they're a very small producer, so the quantity was not going to be our way. Quality was the way for us. Um, so that was the that was the approach. And how was the quality in the beginning? In the beginning, not so good. This has been a learning process from 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 year one. Uh, we have followed our journey has been very short. Uh, it only began back in 2012 with our first harvest. So as you can see, it's a really very, very short journey, but very intense. And every year passing by has been a learning process. Um, from understanding that a very, very small, uh, what seemed to be a small mistake in the, in the production, in the harvest, uh, actually was identified by the expert testers of a jury panel in a competition. For example, if you don't clean your blankets with which you uh, collect all the olives, if you don't clean those blankets extremely well, that is going to be perceived, amazing as it sounds, by the olive, olive oil sommelier or the expert taster. They can tell you that your blankets were not uh, thoroughly clean uh, when you harvested the olives. So those are things that we learn uh, starting from, from the first year. It's been a learning process. The quality indeed, to answer your question, has not been the same. Uh, but we've been very persistent and things like entering competitions, have, and having the feedback from the, from the members of the jury panel and also winning awards have encouraged us to do better and better every year and to continue to do research on how to produce better quality olive oil. So all of the trees on the farms are harvested by hand? We have a mix of processes. Some of them are mechanic, mechanical means, and, and the other manual. Because of the area where we are, uh, we are in we are in a mountain range. We have a lot of inclination in some of our groves. It is practically impossible to enter uh, the grove with uh, machinery, heavy machinery. So in those areas, we need to do it manually, the tra- using the traditional methods like uh, the the cane stick. 
where that we use to uh, brush the branches, uh, not to hit it. Like normally people think that you hit the branches, but what we do is to actually brush them, sort of caress the branches, and then the olives uh, fall. And then uh, we have to manually suspend the, the, the blanket. And then one of the things that we do that is very important for our, our farming uh, technique is uh, mulching. Because of the mulching layer, um, the blankets actually never get to touch the, the ground. So there, we make sure that there is no earth defect in the olive oil after. So that's the manual ones. Then the um, the ones that where we follow, uh, we can follow mechanical means. We have um, vibrators, and brushers like a like a comb to comb the branches, and then we have a, a vibrator that sort of hacks the tree and has a sort of an inverted umbrella that uh, it goes around the tree and so the olives fall onto onto that inver- inverted umbrella. When you shake the tree, mm-hmm. do even the less ripe olives fall off or are those the riper ones? When you shake the tree, um, you do want to be careful um, with the tree. We don't want to vibrate it uh, too much. So there is always there are always olives uh, that are left behind, and that's where we intervene with uh, the comb to help it. I see. As opposed to strongly vibrating the tree. So the members of La Olivia are not only focused on producing high-quality olive oil, but doing it in a way that protects and even restores the environment. You mentioned that traditional farming methods can disrupt the food chain of birds of prey, for example, whose numbers have dwindled there. Uh, Tell us about that. Indeed. Um, I mean, I am very young. When I was uh, little... Um, I grew up in among the olive trees, and uh, we used to see owls in each olive tree. At least there was one owl in each olive tree. We even have Spanish sayings um, around that. Today, if you go to the groves, you see none. There, there are no birds, no birds of prey, no owls. Uh, they have slowly disappeared. There is essentially no life. When you go to, when you, when you drive around. Uh, areas where there is uh, a lot of um, olive uh, farming. All you see is a lot of trees, which is beautiful, but if you pay attention, you look closely into the ground, the earth is dead, is, uh, is dry, is empty, there is no life in there. If there is no life, um, insects, birds, animals cannot live in there, so they all, they all go. And that's what's happening today. As a result, the olive tree largely depends on a human intervention to actually survive. Because there is no life in the earth, there is no nutrient, and there is no natural way of fighting pests. The other thing that we have um, that is affecting us largely is we have a water draft. There is, there is no rain where we live. Um, we are being impacted heavily by um, global warming, climate change. Um, the, there used to be a lot of people cultivating cereals where we, where we live. 
and they didn't need any water other than the, the rainwater. Today, it's impossible. We have a dripping irrigation system in order to uh, grow the olives. We cannot uh, rely on, on rainwater mm. um, alone. You need to have the irrigation system. One of the things that we uh, consider extremely important and as part of the organic farming is to recover the vegetation cover, uh, the borders and the hedges. Um, so what we do is we, we allow the vegetation to grow we, uh, until there is a, a bit of a height, then we, uh, we cut it, and that becomes the, the, a layer on the ground, the mulching that I was referring to before, and that is going to help the soil retain the, uh, the moist and the nutrients and will also help us to keep the uh, actual blankets uh, uh, clean and never get in touch with the, with the earth when we're doing the harvesting. Now, when we work on the vegetation cover, that's actually our biggest challenge uh, in, the, in the actual production is because there is no rain, there is no water, it is very complex to maintain the vegetation cover. And that's the beginning of life. Mm. Uh, we need to make sure that there are plants, indigenous plants in there, local wild plants. Those plants, for example, some of them attract um, uh, what we call the altavaca. That plant attracts the wasp which is the natural enemy of the olive fly. If, um, if you have that ecosystem always uh, there, the entire ecosystem, this one species is going to take care of another. So, for example, when you ask normally any um, olive um, farmer what their main challenge has been in the recent years, often they tell you about pests. We all know this. Uh, it's a challenge. Luckily for us, in the past uh, three, four years, the years that we have been working producing this at La Sabina, pests have not been um, an issue for us. There are pests like everybody else. We're not, we, they are there, but they are naturally controlled because we have um, a mature ecosystem, uh, a healthy ecosystem. So... There are other insects that are there taking care of them, eating them. Uh, and, and so what we do is starting from the vegetation cover, we work our way up from the plants. We attract the insects. We um, also partner with uh, um, BirdLife International, it's an ONG. Uh, what we realize is that we um, there was one thing lacking in our ecosystem, and that was the birds of prey. Uh, and we didn't know how to attract them. So we presented a project to BirdLife International about what our end goal is and what we wanted to do, and they found it very interesting. In fact, they think that um, um, in olive farming, olive farming is actually key to uh, restoring the, the uh, bird population. Uh, so since we've been working together, it's been about a year, uh, what they do is they visit our groves and then they give us uh, a guidance as to how uh, take it one step at a time, how to basically end, uh, end up attracting the birds of prey. So 
starting from the beginning, which is making sure that there are certain plants in there that are local, wild, or indigenous plants, and then um, installing some. If the if the growth is uh, in very bad condition, as um, if if I actually back up with my answer, the 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 location where we are is suffering a desertification process. Uh, so sometimes, and because of that, and because of the lack of water, it is extremely complex to maintain the vegetation cover. So the uh, Beard Life International is helping us uh, with additional practices on uh, in terms of recovering the the the, the ecosystem. So sometimes they've told us um, uh, we needed to install insect hotels. So we've partnered with um, um, schools to. Uh, educate the kids and to help them, help us. So they, they've constructed insect hotels, they've constructed um, bird houses, and then we've used them to install them in our groves and then help um, bring back um, birds that were going to be the actual food for the bird of prey. They've also told us they needed, we needed to install uh, bird baths in our groves. Uh, we also needed to install very high poles for the birds of prey to have vision uh, um, very far away. Um, so a lot of these things that we've installed have been with the help of the, uh, in collaboration of the school children. It's been very exciting for them, and it's been a very uh, a way for us to make them feel a part of it. Uh, and help them understand and through them share the knowledge uh, and raise the awareness uh, uh, in the area because they will be talking to their parents too. Because we are very small farmer, so our actions are important, but it would help if other farmers also follow. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, we're talking about 50 acres in the middle of Andalusia, which is the largest olive oil producing region. And so you see this problem as widespread, don't you? Yes, indeed. I mean, um, traditional um, farming methods, conventional farming methods, abuse of uh, chemicals, as we all know. And these chemicals uh, end up killing all sorts of life. For wheat, traditional called weeds, Weeds for us are Im immensely important uh, because they, they know, in the weeds there are plants that when they grow and when you cut them they release a nutrients very important to the tree, like uh, potassium for example. You need to go and uh, put in there synthetic chemicals. You can create all of those nutrients working with nature. Unfortunately, there is this education that needs to be uh, needs to needs to take place um, across all the with with all the other farmers. We'll be right back. On Olive Oil is produced by Olive Oil Times, the world's leading olive oil publication, and the International Culinary Center Olive Oil Program. Learn olive oil sensory assessment in New York. The Olive Oil Sommelier Certification Program offers comprehensive instruction in olive oil sensory assessment and olive oil events throughout the year. Sign up at oliveoilschool.org. And these school children that you work with, I can imagine that these are children whose families are farmers, millers, agronomists. 
or even work in the supply chain for olive oil. And so you're working with them to instill this kind of environmental responsibility. I think that's fantastic. Yes, indeed. Uh, we think it's key uh, to, to collaborate in, and work with the children because indeed where we live, everybody is a farmer. Everybody works in the olive oil industry one way or another, whether it's in the milling, in the mill or in, you know, in, in the packaging um, warehouse. Or, but everybody, everybody has at least a few olive trees. Uh, so working with kids um, is a way to reach uh, out to all of the farmers and talk to them about a different way of doing things. So there were more Piqual best-in-class winners this year at the competition than any other variety. There were three Piqual best-in-class. There were two Frantoyos and two Coratinas. What is it about the Piqual olive that makes such a winning oil? It's, it's interesting. I am... Um... Not too sure. I know the answer in Spain, and that's because we are used to the Piqual. Is the variety, even though we have over 200 varieties in Spain alone, uh, the one that is more largely produced is the Piqual. Um, one of the reasons why is because it has a longer shelf life, uh, more is a more stable oil, uh, so that's why it's more heavily uh, or largely produced. In terms of the market outside the outside Spain, it is actually surprising to me that they they would prefer a piqual or that a piqual will, will win because their palate is used to a more a milder oil, like it would be um, an arbequina, for example, that is milder and, and fruitier. But it does win. <laughs> but it does win indeed. Uh, for us, um, one thing that we've been, we've been um, observing is even though it's a piqual and it normally is a very robust oil, um, over the years, we've been achieving um, uh, more harmony and balance in the oil. So in our first year, we got uh, our oil had over 800 polyphenols and the fruitness was a little uh, lower. So it was not very balanced. So it was a very strong, very bitter olive oil, very healthy. But uh, I remember that's how I started importing it when I started importing it to the U.S. And so I would go to the market, the U.S., uh, the, mar the farmer's markets in Manhattan and talk to people, try to educate them and try and, and gave them all to, 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 to try and to see what the reaction was and what they thought about actual extra virgin olive oil. And the reaction often was like, oh, this is very bitter. This is very strong. I'm not sure that I can use this. Um, but surprisingly, uh, over the years, two things happened for us. Our oil, we we managed to find to we found a way to 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 achieve um, harmony and balance between the bitterness, pepperiness, and fruitness. Uh, even though it's a piqual, that's very very difficult to achieve with a piqual with in an early green harvest. But also, people have. Uh, 
been very interested in learning uh, how to identify a good olive oil. They see so many articles in the newspaper, so many news programs on TV talking about olive oil, olive oil corruption, and they're also very interested in health more and more, I find. Uh, I've, I've observed that in the U.S. So they want to know what is it that they're consuming and how to identify a good from a bad oil. And one thing they've learned and that have stuck with them is look out for the pepperiness, the bitterness. It's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. It's a positive um, attribute. And so when now when they when they try a piqual, it's a strong piqual, whereas in the past they would reject it immediately. Now with they they see the bitterness and, and, and the pepperiness and quickly they think, ah yes, this is a good attribute. Hmm. It's a positive development and we hope that continues. Do you live in New York, Lucia? I do. I live in New York. Uh in fact, now I live in Montclair. In New Jersey. Yes, in New Jersey, yes. And so tell us about what you do here in the United States for La Olivia. Essentially trying to uh, develop the market there. Um, I started uh, four years ago with our first harvest. Um, I was driven by the crisis that we had in Spain, the economic crisis. Uh, in the middle of the economic crisis, we were starting this uh, this venture of the La Olivilla producing this, the La Sabina. And I I wanted them to be successful. It was it seemed to be a very good oil. So I my way of helping them um, was to import it to the U.S. and develop the market here. Uh, so I uh, started with actual uh, a small quantity and reaching out to the end consumer because I didn't know anything about the market. So one of the reasons why I started going to, to the farmer's market is to actually have a way of interacting with the end consumer, see their reaction, what is it, what do they think about olive oil, how mature the consumer was in terms of understanding um, olive oil, how do they consume it. And uh, from there, today, I have developed a distribution channel uh, using uh, outsourcing methods like um, Amazon. Yes. Uh, you recently said you began working with Amazon, uh, where you can find Dejeso de la Sabina for about $23 for a 500 milliliter bottle, which is worth every penny. Uh, you also offer it directly through the Best Olive Oils Marketplace. Yes. How much of your U.S. business is wholesale at this point, or or is it mostly directly to the consumer? It's mostly directly to the consumer. We have only just started uh, uh, working on the wholesale business. Mm -hmm. um, entering the wholesale is is challenging. Uh, is it, there aren't many buyers. It's almost like an oligopoly, and it's, it's hard to enter. The olive oil is treated like a commodity, almost mm. like when you refer to gold or petrol. The price of uh, a barrel is X today. And olive oil, unfortunately, is being treated today like a commodity. So when you, when you uh, reach out to distributors of um, bulk olive oil, they tell you the market, price of olive oil today is 3.2 per liter and they expect you to match that price and it's so therefore very difficult 
um, it should not be the case. Nobody would think of treating a very high-end wine that way. It, we're talking about high-quality olive oil. And so it, it is it's difficult. I think there is a, it's an education process, and it, it, it require, we're going to have to wait a little bit until that mentality changes. How about after winning the Best in Class Award a few weeks ago? Have you found that that opens any doors for you? It certainly helps uh, positioning, uh, positioning the, the brand because otherwise you're a very small producer in a competitive market. There are many, many oils out there many big players uh, aggressively competing. And competition is very good because it, uh, it, it forces you to produce a good quality olive oil, but it makes it very difficult for these small players entering the market. So things like um, uh, competitions such as the New York International Olive Oil Competition uh, that issues um, a, a, a sticker, official sticker that we can put in the bottle, it, it really helps. Yes. To be honest, I breathe a sigh of relief when I look down on the list just before the press conference and when I see for the first time that, in fact, I will be able to hand out a best-in-class award that evening. With just 18 best-in-class winners, there's a high possibility that, I, that there won't be a best-in-class producer in attendance that night. But you were there. You were standing in the back. And you momentarily left the floor when your name was called. Uh, you jumped and you came up. Did your team watch the announcements on the live stream from Spain or did you call or text them? They watched it uh, online on the streaming video. They were all waiting <laughs> for the moment nervously uh, and I knew they were watching. But nonetheless, after the ceremony, I, I called them. It was very late in Spain, but we called each other. Um, it is always a very emotional moment. Uh, we never take it for granted. We never know what's going to happen every year. There are more and more. When we first started competing, there were 600, then 700, 800. This year, there were over 900. There are more and more producers and more, more and more are trying to do better and higher quality. So it's never a given if you get a, a, an award that you're going to get it the following year. Uh, and getting the best in class was um, was was such an honor for us. I called them and it was even difficult to talk because uh, all you wanted to do is cry of, of emotion. So what's next for La Olivia? What we want to do is to increase the presence in the market and to continue to advance in improving our ecosystems because we believe we have a responsibility, especially given the area where we are uh, in this in desertification uh, process. Uh, so those are the, the two main things, all while uh, continue to improve the quality or maintain the quality level. Lucia Gomez works with La Olivia, the producers of the award-winning Dehesa de la Sabina, extra virgin olive oil. She joined us today from Cazorla, Andalusia. Lucia, this was fascinating. Thank you very much. Thank you. This is uh, such a pleasure, such an honor. On Olive Oil is produced by Olive Oil Times, the world's leading olive oil publication, and the International Culinary Center Olive Oil Program. 
Sign up at oliveoilschool.org.